Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. Three, two, one, we're live. Welcome to Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rosita and Robert. It is November 6, 2016, and I'm sitting here at the studio helm with my brother in the martial arts and co-host, Robert Deal. See you, Bob. How are things going on down there in warmer than Seattle, Burbank? <laughs> no kidding. It was, in the, it was in the 70s today. And oh, did you know? Pleasant. I've got, a, I've, I've, I've got something to tell you. Did you know? I've got my wife sitting on the couch with me and my granddaughter in front of me. Did you know when you press a remote at, at people, it does absolutely nothing? <laughs> of course not. <laughs> I'm Although don't tell my <laughs> Don't tell my tiny tigers class that because um, a few months ago I made a big remote out of a out of a cereal box. And okay. I told them if I press if I press the right button, then you have to you have to speed up. If I press the left button, you have to slow down. It was to basically to get them to understand right and left that kind of thing. Um, and yeah, every t- every time I pressed the right button, they'd speed up, and I would leave it pressed. <laughs> I would I would just have my hand over the little sticker that you know with the arrow. And then they'd be running around until they started like huffing and puffing. Then I'd press the slow one, and yeah, it was <laughs> it was fun. So, oh, hi, little one. I don't know if the listeners can hear that, but she's you can hear her in the background. She doesn't sound happy. But no, anyhow, so, no. Stay tuned, folks, because later on, after 6.30, when we open the phone lines, we're going to be taking a trip down memory lane, and we're going to be talking about old-school martial arts training, you know, back in the 60s, 70s. Let's go back as far as, like, the 50s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. That's what I consider old school. <laughs> and you, you know what's funny, Bob? <clears throat> I, uh, um, I, I was uh, – I was uh, – uh, going through Facebook, and uh, I follow this this page called like old old school something R and B or whatever it's called, right? And they they're they're putting stuff out there from the nineties. I'm like, that ain't old school. How is that old school? How is that old school? <laughs> right. I mean, twenty years, okay, whatever, you know. But I'm sorry, like in 1996. Well, okay. I would call it old school, I guess, but it's still 20 years, but that's not what I consider old school. I consider 70s and 80s old school. But anyway, so give us a call later on after 630, folks. Our phone number is 347-677-0699, and we want to hear your story um, about old school martial arts training. If you trained in the 50s, 60s, 70s, or 80s, we want to hear from you. Tell Tell us about how it was for you. All right. Well, cool. Okay, so, so a couple things. Uh, yes. So, 
yesterday, we had a very busy day yesterday. Jenny and I went out to breakfast with uh, a popular actor. He plays on Two Broke Girls. We had It was a three-hour breakfast. My God, it was just the three of us. And boy, can that guy talk. <laughs> uh, so that was the start. Now, I was supposed to go to Memorial at 1 o'clock and missed it because I, you know, I hadn't seen the guy in 25 years, and I felt bad. But I want to ask your opinion. Uh, this guy told me about the m- memorial, and I'm thinking about trying to switch jobs because the one I've got really isn't working for me. It's not. I'm not interested. It's just not happening for me. So okay. he said, "Well, you should go to this memorial because this guy is in the same industry. Going to have a lot of a lot of people there. You should network." I'm thinking, networking at a memorial service? How low class <laughs> disrespectful could I get? Right? <laughs> I'm thinking. <laughs> oh, no. Thinking? Uh, <laughs> you said, how low right, class is respect looking at that? Well, can, can no. you imagine networking at a memorial service? No. I'm not, no. Was this a memorial or a funeral? No, this was a memorial. It was actually at a restaurant. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's a tough one because you know if it's in a public venue like that and it's like um, now it's that that would be totally different from like the reception after a funeral. I mean that would be that anything oh, yeah. after the funeral or in a funeral. If you're like talking business in the pews or something like that, then you know freaking go outside. Don't disrespect the dead or the family, right? At a memorial after the funeral and stuff like that, that's kind of hard to say, buddy, because I don't know. You know, I mean, yeah, we also have I to stop and think, to do it. you know, I don't think I would either just because it's, it still has to do with, you know, someone that passed away and that's, you know, that's just me. Now, if it were something like a, I don't know, like if it was a, like a bonafide, like, uh, like a Burbank chamber of commerce meeting or something like that, you know, or a, or a dinner or something, you know, like that, then yeah, go network, but. I don't know. At a memorial? Yeah, I know. That's it's kind of weird. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. And uh, so I just sat down and, and spent my Saturday with Matt. Now, this was funny. Uh, I I could never do this. Well, a couple things. The, the gentleman who passed away, he found out he had pancreatic cancer. Now, when you find oh. out you have pancreatic cancer, make your arrangements right away because you haven't got much time left. Right. He was gone, and he found out he had pancreatic cancer. Was gone in two weeks. Wow! That's how fast it did him in. Dang! Uh, That's crazy. But now, the guy I was having breakfast with the other day, his cat—they discovered his cat had cancer and had about two months. Well, mm-hmm. he spent in excess of fifteen thousand dollars to try to cure his cat. Wow, that's a now, lot of money. Year, but I'm going. I, you know, I love animals, but you know, that's a lot of money to spend on a cat that's not going to make it. Right. Anyway. Right now, I mean, was yeah, it was I, it I, a I terminal would. terminal diagnosis for this cat? Yeah, yeah. He 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 made the he extended the cat's life for another ten months. The doctor gave oh. him. Gave his cat two months, and his cat was alive another year. That's Still. what happens when you make stupid money. 
Yeah. When you yeah. make stupid well, you money know. because you're on the network TV show, yep, you mm-hmm. got it to blow. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know. It it kind of depends. I remember, <clears throat> like, you know, my business partner Cheryl, her her dog Nikita um, had cancer, like in his stomach or something like that, and he was just really sick and looked sick. He could barely walk and stuff like that. And even with the money that we made at the studio, which wasn't much, by all means, we weren't rich martial artists, right? Um, she managed right. to she managed to find the means and the means to to treat him until until they found out that nope, it's gone too far. We can't do anything more. You just make him comfortable. That was the saddest thing ever. Because boy, oh boy, we we did like fundraisers. We did you know seminars and. You know, <clears throat> I for I, I forwent like a I forgone for I I went and how do you say what's the past tense of forgo? <laughs> anyway, I'm just gonna say forgoed because I don't know what the hell the past tense is. Um, you know, a couple months of my own pay just to get Nikita to to look a little more chipper, you know, and everything looked like it was working and then he tanked and it was like, I can't watch this. This poor guy can't even move his back legs anymore. And, oh man, it was, it was tough to watch and, um, to, uh, take him to get, uh, put to sleep. And that was, that was tough, but I don't know if you really love it. If you really love an animal and you've got the money somehow, then, but that's crazy money. $15,000. Yeah. Yeah. That's insane money. Now, you yeah, know, I was driving home today, and I I managed to get in front of this guy because I had to pull over, and it looked like he was letting me in, right? So uh-huh. I gave him the thank you wave and all that shit. And you know that that guy is going, dude, I didn't mean to let you in. I was too slow to step on the gas, so I couldn't let you in. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know, I was... I was going to rant about something like that on Facebook, but I decided against it because it was just too trivial. But I was turning right. And um, um, this was yesterday. Yeah, yes, last night, yesterday. And it was raining cats and dogs last night on my way home from the studio. And I tried to turn right. And my first gear is torqued so much that I would spin my tires if I barely stepped on the, stepped on the gas. So I started to spin. So I'm like halfway around the corner and I see the guy all the way down the block, all the way down there, long block. And I see him speed up. He speeds up. And I'm like, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to run into me? What are you going to (laughs) do? Right. (laughs) And then he like, you know, slows down and he starts honking. And meanwhile, I'm still spinning. And, you know, I said, screw it. I'm just going to start in second and, you know, lumber along, you know, just so I can, I don't spin my tires. And I thought to myself, why is it that when people see you turning right onto a road in front of you and they could be two blocks away, why do they speed up? They know they're not going to catch up and be in, you know, and pass you before you get out on the road. Why do they speed up? And it, you know, it's the same thing with, with, uh, you know, I hate to say it this way, but drivers in California, because the last time I drove in Sacramento, I had this little Fiat rent-a-car, and nobody would let me in. And I said, screw it. 
<laughs> yeah, screw it. It's a rented car. I mean, they can, they can just like, you know, I'll be spending the same amount of money if I wreck my own car and I just force my way in. <laughs> you know, or and, uh, when you're entering a freeway and you see people speed up just so you can't make it in on the freeway. Yeah. Yeah. And every time I see that, I'll I'll speed up and get right next to them and, and stare at them. What is your problem? What is your problem? <laughs> anyway. Oh, all I right. Want, let's get it I want to share something with you really quick. Okay. Picked up a nice time because I started driving for Uber because they're just busier. I picked up this really nice, sweet Chinese girl the other day. Uh, she'd only been in this. She came over here to open a business for her father. Right okay. in Los Angeles, and she was abs- she was homesick and crying in the car, and, and she was so scared to come to the states because the over in China they were telling her how mean Americans are. She was actually mm-hmm. came over fearful for her life. You know, I wouldn't that blame we her. Gonna like her. I I didn't either. I'm and she's she said to me, she's like, You're very nice. I'm discovering that Americans are very nice people. They're not what what I was led to believe at all. Mhm. Mhm. Yep. Well, you know, so if it, she it continues to be lucky, she'll be able to, you know, hang out with the nice people. But I don't blame her. I mean, that's just been my rant no. for the last month is I'm sick and tired of the hate and the divisiveness and the racism and the sexism and the, all that other crap caused by this election. I hate it. I'm so sick of it. It's, it's like, oh, my God, you know, I've been blocking posts like right and left. Anything that I, anything that I see about, about politics, I'll just hide notifications, hide notifications, hide notifications, you know, because it just, it just makes me so angry. Some of the stuff. That I see people that I know posting, you know, posting oh, I know. in, in I know. you know, in, in, in support of one or the other. It's kind of like, really? You support that? So somewhere you've got a misogynistic, sexist bone in your body. Well, should I unfriend you now or not? But then I think to myself, well, for me to unfriend people because of a difference of opinion is one thing. I have to see and experience that behavior in person before I do a proverbial backhand slap and block somebody on Facebook. Because I think it's stupid that people are, are unfriending each other on social media just because they're not voting for the same person they're voting for. I think it's absolutely exactly. stupid. Well, There's my rant. There we go. And that's the last I'm going to well, say. You know, I'm it. so shocked about, Rousey, that the racism in college is so rampant. We we go really? to, to my daughter's sorority a couple of weeks ago, and my uh-huh. my do, my wife looks at me and she says, uh, "Do you notice anything?" I said, "Yeah, every single girl in here is either white or Asian." Mm-hmm. She said, "Yeah." So I picked up a guy yesterday, and he says it's horrible. They treat African Americans and Hispanics at UCLA absolutely horrendously. That's just. In, they're, you know, which is funny. The, the University of California, huh? California, uh, Spanish people, huh? Okay. Yeah, and we're so uh, we're such a melting pot, right? That he right. said that their daily, which is their paper, had found some notes from a fraternity's meeting 
and they had racial slurs and racial jokes, and it was it was that, well, okay. and I think, come on, it's 2016. Yeah, I know it's not the 1950s or the 1960s anymore. People, these are college kids. Okay, I don't know where these college kids are getting this crap, and it's just like. Well, I don't know. It's it's you know, I, it's, it's trickling it's, down. Yeah. My father was born in 1921, so he he had some racism in him. His father was worse, mm-hmm. and it's trickling down. It's finally getting less and less and less as the generations start with more acceptance. But when right. it's 2016, and you're at UCLA, and it's just running rampant, I was actually shocked. That Well, that is shocking, but it's kind of like, you know, I also kind of chalk it up to the whole, like, you know, college life, you know, like, ooh, I'm a grown-up now and all this other kind of stuff, and, you know, and if you're around people that will sit there and laugh and chuckle at, you know, racist jokes, then, then you know, you feel safe, but one of these days, and I'm talking right to the college kids right now, one of these days, someone's going to bust your mouth, <laughs> yep. and you're going to have no teeth. To me, making jokes about these people about someone's gonna bust your mouth. Ooh, okay, there we go. Because if there's one thing okay. I can't stand, it's racism. Because like with my last name, and I've been like mistaken for Mexican, you know, uh, uh, you know more than once. I don't want to be walking down the road, you know, and have it. I've already had people on Facebook tell me to go back to my own country or go back to my third world country, and it's like you idiot. I was well, born what? here. Yeah, I was going to say, you were born here. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, they, people look at my last name and they just assume I'm Mexican. And it's just like, wow, how uneducated can you get? Anyhow, let's move on before I blow a cog. Yes, Anyhow, well, let's move on to announce. <laughs> let's move on to our birthdays. Who do we have for birthdays there, Sifu Bob? Well, today is Master Christina Bannon Rodriguez's birthday. On the 8th is Nika Hodzik. On the 11th is a good friend of the show and somebody you met in 2012, Mike Dell. Mm -hmm. And uh, also on 11-11, Bo Justice Borden, one of uh, Don Berthold's students. Yeah. Who do you have? Pretty cool. I've got uh, today... My cousin Gloria Espacio is celebrating her birthday today, um, and uh, my friend Rich Soltis. And on the seventh, my uh, Escrima classmate Matt Brain. Um, on eleven eight, uh, fellow martial artist. And on the twelfth, Guru Jeff Finder. So for everyone having a birthday, the week of the sixth through the twelfth of November, this tune is for you. We're here to party and sing to you. He's from me. Hope you are bueno. The fun will rain the whole day through. From the Gulf to the mountains, the city lights and fountains. Hope your birthday's excellent. You are another year older. So perhaps you should be generally awesome. Because today is your day. And the best of everything. Yay! Feliz cumpleaños! But now I want Mexican food. 
<laughs> you know why I played that? You know why I played that? You know, just because we were talking about people that are all for the wall, you know, send the immigrants back to Mexico, that kind of thing. <laughs> Whatever. There's, there's, the, <laughs> there's that. Anyhow, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it was funny. Last time we were here, I felt like Thai food, right? right. Last night you were here, and I thought, you know, we go out for Chinese all the time, and so I decided to switch up. Still Asian cuisine, and you you looked at me and you said, "No, I feel like Mexican." Yeah, I and we did. Had a nice Mexican restaurant. It was that was really good. That well, we we're gonna have to go there again the next time I'm down there. Mm-hmm. That was that was really good. Anyway. <laughs> well, no, the next time you're down there to get your sister off your back, we have to go to Porto. Yes. Okay, so definitely, definitely, at least for the few days I'm going to be there, and I'm going to talk about that here in a little bit. But, um, yes, definitely Porto's, and then I want to take a picture with me in this huge sandwich. Huge <laughs> sandwich? What do you mean, huge sandwich? The Porto's, don't they, don't they have sandwiches? Yeah, but barely. They're really more of a bakery. Oh, well, I'll get something. <laughs> Anyhow, let's move on to our announcements. Now, if you would like to join us a little bit later as we talk about old school martial arts training, our phone lines are going to open a little bit after 6.30. We're running about 10 minutes behind right now. Uh, But give us a call after 6.30, 347-677-0699, and we're going to... Take a way back, mach- take a way back machine, and we're going to talk about old school martial arts. All right, <clears throat> so announcements. So tune in next week, folks. You can't, you don't want to miss this. You can't miss this. It's our fourth anniversary episode. So we're going to have uh, our co-hosts um, uh, Kathy Long and Bob, of course, joining us, and our photographer on the street, Lady Lelaine Reed, joining us, and I hope to get uh, another periodic co-host, Wayne Riley, with us, and some of our regulars, like uh, Professor Patrick McDaniel, Michelle Manu, who was also another um, uh, periodic guest co-host. She said she'd be here, and uh, some of our guests over the past four years, if you were a guest on the Dynamic Dojo radio show, please feel free to join the party, because we're going to talk about uh, past shows and say hello to past guests and just have a grand old time. So don't miss it. <clears throat> so do you have any well, announcements? You know, I want to bring up something. I, I got to bring up something though, Rosie. Okay. You know, Michelle Manu was on me the other night. You posted that, that blooper reel she had, which was funnier than hell. Yeah. Uh, there was a gentleman on there called Wong Long, the Wing Chun Master. He started oh, right. And she introduced him in the blooper reel as Long Wong. Yeah. And all I thought of, <laughs> thank God his last name wasn't Wang. Yeah, right? <laughs> now, you know, we were mentioning my blooper reels, and I was just being nice. And I told my wife this, and she laughed at me and gave me the eye roll, just like you're about to do. I've never had okay. any bloopers on this show. I, I refuse to admit that I've had any bloopers on this show. Okay. <laughs> I can hear the I, I can hear the eye roll. <laughs> oh, you you heard them you heard the banging around in my back. head. Yeah, you 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 heard I, my eyes banging around in my head. <laughs> it was like a pinball machine. I heard it. We 
we've had so many bloopers. Um, and, and a lot of them, you know, some of them were, were things that I would say that I wouldn't, that I wouldn't catch, but Robert did, uh, or vice versa, or Robert would say something that was borderline inappropriate for the conversation at the moment. And it was just like, Oh my gosh. And so, you know, and it, it would be too difficult for me to go through and find all of those, but we'll, we'll, we'll reminisce about those times and stuff like that. But I do, I do know that some, that the one show that I think that both of us had the most bloopers because of commenting on a guest's comments or whatever was Wes Bennett. That was one of the funnest shows that we had ever done because he is hilarious. And Wes is also a radio host um, on a, um, on an actual radio network. And Oh my gosh, he's hilarious. And that was one of the funniest shows that we've done um, other than Master Ken. So we'll be talking about stuff like that next week. Be sure to join us next week at 6 p.m. on the 13th. All right. Um, Do you have any announcements before I go go into the rest of mine? No, go ahead. All right. Well, um, on November 11th, uh, Facebook is going to have a Facebook chat live with Shannon Lee, Bruce Lee's daughter, and Linda Lee Caldwell. Bruce Lee's Bruce Lee's wife, and they're going to be um, having this. Um, it's an it's an it's an actual event, and I'm going to go ahead and post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. It's um, November 11th from 11 a.m. 12 p.m. Friday, November 11th, and um, I was invited by uh, Sifu Valentino Santi, uh, who is accredited for making these beautiful busts of Bruce Lee and Brandon Lee and other great Kung Fu masters. Um, And uh, he's going to be hosting this. Now you want to make sure that you RSVP on this event. And there's, there's a link on the event page where you could submit your questions. So they're going to be answering your questions. So how cool is that? Right. So I'm going to go ahead and post that on uh, the dynamic dojo Facebook page. in a little bit here while uh, Bob does his news. All right. And uh, one more announcement. Um, It's still a little ways away, but I just want to get the word out there that I'm going to be back in the Burbank LA area um, around the last week of December. And uh, I'm hoping to, I'm hoping to uh, do another Tai Chi seminar down there. Um, A few months ago, I held a seminar out there for Lady Lelaine Reed and David Reed um, for their students and friends and interested parties and stuff like that at uh, Lake Balboa Park. And it was a pretty good turnout. You know, we did Tai Chi and uh, they learned Tai Chi and a little bit of push hands. And then afterwards we did a little bit of whip cracking and stuff like that. It was great. And I guess people kept asking the Reeds, when is she coming back? When is she coming back? Well, I want to come back the end of, the end of December and uh, spend New Year's Eve down there. I think it would be fun. <laughs> so start the new year off right, December 31st from around 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. It'll be a short four-hour four hour workshop. It's going to go into more detail 
um, on the basic movements and forms that we did the last time. So even if you didn't attend last time, um, go ahead and attend because this workshop will be geared toward beginners. No experience is necessary and bring your friends. There is going to be a $30 um, fee associated with this, uh, mainly just to, just to offset my, my uh, travel costs. That's all I ask. You know, help me offset my travel costs. Um, and that's it. There you go. December 31st, Tai Chi seminar. If you've never done Tai Chi or you're Tai Chi curious, come on down. Get a hold of me if you're interested. All right. Very cool. Well, with that said, I guess that's it. Let's move on to health news. Well, it's not so much health. Well, I guess it is. It's, it's health news because it's about the benefits of meditation. However, the benef- this is about the benefits of meditation for kids. This is about a the story is about a school in West Baltimore, uh, among other schools in the United States that are incorporating meditation instead of detention or suspension in order to give kids an outlet for releasing negative attitudes and anger and stress and, and stuff like that. And uh, some of the studies and results are absolutely stunning. Now this one school that the story is about in Baltimore um, implemented a program called holistic me about two years ago. And would you believe, Bob, that West Baltimore, you know, this is kind of like, you know, in, in the hood, in, in, in a sense, I guess, that this school has not issued detention or suspension since they implemented that program. Not one. Wow. Which I think is, yeah, which I think is pretty cool. Now, um, I pulled the story off of uh, CNN News. And I'd like to play it for everyone. So here we go. Inhaling deep. Exhaling out. Inhaling deep. I just start to feel really sad because I got that meditation. Inhaling out. Exhaling down. Students having an opportunity to meditate. It deals with them looking inside of themselves, taking that energy that's negative and refocusing it to something that's very positive. Something that's distracting. Come back to the breath. Inhale nice and deep. Exhale and actually lift your head up. So rather than get suspended or sent to the uh, principal's office for a referral, they're sent to us where they can help, we, we can help them self-regulate themselves. I knew suspension was not a good thing. Sending the children back home to some of the neighborhoods that they had to travel in, you know, it, it just didn't sit right with me. And that's how the room came about. So youth here in Baltimore face a whole lot of obstacles, whether their parents are getting locked up, whether their parents are abusing drugs, or they're not there. And when you're ever in a heightened scenario, whether it's anger, stress, frustration, your heart rate increases. And so if you're able to use your breath to slow everything down, 
You're not as impulsive, you're not as reactionary, and you're able to respond to whatever scenario happens to present itself. So if I was angry at a person, I'd do the stress breath and it calms you down in any situation in life. Well, how cool is that? That's that's pretty that's very cool. And you know, I I do know of um a few other schools in the United States that are implementing uh, a version of uh, of this um, holistic me type of thing which mixes yoga with meditation and um self-awareness exercises and and stuff like that. And you know, with me teaching kids and teaching meditation to kids, um you know, I find that it's very beneficial for them, even here at my martial arts school, because many times kids don't know how to express their feelings. They don't know how to express anger um, or stress that they're worried about something or, or anything like that. And that kind of stress turns, turns into acting out. And uh, I found that meditation helps a lot. So kudos to this school for implementing the holistic See, and, me program. You know, I'm glad they're taking this approach. Because you know what really upsets me is suspension. Yes. You're teaching yes. the kids nothing. Yes. You know, it's like have them clean up the yard. Help them out the help out the janitor after school for a couple hours. Right. Don't right. send them home where they have video games because their parents are at work and can't watch them twenty four seven. I know, right? Work. When my kid got nailed for possession when he was seventeen. And they suspended The cop calls me up and says, we've got your son. And I said, I know. He says, mm-hmm. you need to come get him. I said, what if I don't want to? Because my father <laughs> would have left me in jail. She said, well, he said, well, if you don't get up here within an hour, we're going to turn him over to foster care. Oh, man. Oh, my God. There is no right? punishment for these kids. It no. still hasn't gone to court, and he's now 21. Oh, man. Yeah. See, yeah, don't, don't, yeah. It, that, that's what frustrates me too. Is that you know you're sending kids to suspension, which is probably what you know, they're not in school. They're enjoying themselves now. It just so happens that they're in trouble. You know, makes me wonder if it's more more just for the order of the school, as opposed to teaching a lesson to the kids. The kids these days won't ever learn a lesson from suspension ever, unless some type of you know intervention comes in, whether it's a martial arts instructor or, you know, community service of some kind. They're, they're going to learn absolutely nothing. Anyway, That's let's, right. I, I let's learned, and I know Goldie and Patrick, and you will agree with me, I learned my lesson from the back of somebody's hand. Yep. I, I got the tennis That's racket. <laughs> yep. I got the tennis I got racket. The belt. <clears throat> All right. Well, let's uh, move on with the show. We're we're running about 10 minutes uh, behind schedule, but that's okay. Um, our phone number here again is 347-677-0699. We're going to be talking about old school training. But before we go to that, let's go through our weird news. Weird news. Weird news. This comes out of Ventura. Ventura County, California, a pair of hulking elephant statues. Now, these were bronze statues. Wow, heavy. Worth more than $4,000 each. 
have gone missing from Ventura County property, and police are asking for public help in tracking them down. The bronze statues, now get this, they were six feet tall, four feet long, and two feet wide. They were taken over the October 8th weekend from the 8700 block of North Ventura Avenue in Casita Springs, according to the Ventura County Sheriff. Detectives believe multiple people were involved in the theft due to the sheer size and weight of the statues. No kidding. Really? Right. These things were probably a couple thousand pounds. Right, right. I mean, they were still a ton. Each yeah. statue is very heavy and takes multiple people to lift, detectives said in a news release on Tuesday. A reward of up to $1,000 is being offered in this case. Anyone with information is at, being asked to call the Sheriff's Department, Joe Mulrooney at 805-477-7038 if they have any information in regards to the missing statues. Wow. Well, they're elephant statues. What, what do they need them for? Anyhow. <laughs> okay. They'd, they'd be selling them to recycle the bronze. That's all they could do with them. That's a good point. That's a good point. But if they get caught, their bail they go to, is going to cost probably. They go to prison. This is oh. grand theft. Oh, that's true. So it's going to. They're going to be paying a lot more than the money that they're going to get from the bronze. <laughs> Why don't people well, stop yeah, and think for a change? Boyfriend named Bubba. Yeah, right? All right. <laughs> Looks like we're at entertainment news. What do we got for entertainment I know news? You this stuff, but I found it anyway. Donald okay. Trump was running ah! on stage during a rally event in Reno after a reported threat in the crowd. Trump was speaking Saturday night when a disturbance took place in the audience. Two Secret Service agents immediately jumped on stage and rushed Trump off. One man is currently in custody. One reporter says authorities have confirmed there was no gun found. The protester went to raise a sign and someone yelled gun. Trump got back on stage shortly after the incident and reassured the crowd he was fine saying, nobody said it was going to be easy for us, but we will never stop, never, ever. He then continued with his speech. So somebody just raised up this sign, and somebody yelled, gun, and everybody flipped out. You know, all it takes is one idiot in the crowd. One idiot. I'm sorry, if you're holding a sign, and I saw how big this sign was, if you're holding a sign up over your head, how is that a gun? All it takes is one idiot. All right. Well, let's let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by a couple friends. And hopefully later, uh, we'd like to hear from you, listeners. We want to hear about your stories about training back in the day. So don't go away. We'll be right back after this. If you own a gun, you have a full-time responsibility. When you aren't using it, be sure it can't get into the hands of curious children, troubled teenagers, a thief or anyone else who might misuse it. Your family, friends, and neighbors are all counting on you. Remember, always lock it up. For more information on firearm storage safety, visit ncpc.org. This message brought to you by the National Crime Prevention Council, the Bureau of Justice Assistance, and the Ad Council. Dear parents, much of what we learn in this world comes directly from you. Whatever your message is, it will become part of us forever. Please teach us to accept one another. 
Teach us to respect one another. Please, do not fill our minds with hatred. Do not expose us to bigotry. Do not teach us to judge each other by race, religion, orientation, or the color of our skin. Teach us the concept of tolerance. Teach us to understand one another. Teach us to accept people of different cultures and persons with different beliefs than yours. Please help us to create a world where every man, woman, and child is treated equally. Dear parents, please don't teach us words of hate. We learn from you every moment. If you use certain words which might be hurtful to others, we will repeat that word. Please don't show us acts of hate. If you act against people of different faiths, we will repeat your actions. Dear parents, we are your children, and we are relying on you to help us create a world where every person is tolerant of one another. Inside this little Burbank building, this is the first museum in the world dedicated to martial arts. It, it really reflects on the style and the, the philosophy of each and every different culture. White eyebrow kung fu, monkey kung fu, the animal styles, Shaolin. Talking about the ninja here. Japan had the samurai. Here we go into our Korean section. In fact, every corner of Asia and the Pacific has its own martial art. It'll be an absolute shame if one day you ask a kid and he doesn't know who Bruce Lee is. From the history of the Japanese samurai to the artistry of anime, Enjoy a look into Asian culture by visiting the Martial Arts History Museum in Burbank. Hi, this is Frank Duke. This is T. Joe Douglas Wong. Hi, this is Kumu Lua, Michelle Manu, and you're listening to Rosita and Bob on the Dynamic Dojo Radio Show. The only place to be to get the real scoop on the real things that are going on in the martial arts world. Do you have an idea for a guest? or a topic that you'd like to hear on the Dynamic Dojo Talk radio show? If you do, you can email your suggestions and ideas to dynamicdojoradiohost at gmail.com or you can also post it on the Dynamic Dojo Facebook page. You're listening to the Dynamic Dojo Show with Restita and Robert, your source for martial arts talk radio. And we are back. This is Dynamic Dojo Talk Radio with Rosita and Robert. And our phone number here is 347-677-0699. And we are talking about old school training in the martial arts back in the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, and all that other kind of stuff. So let's get in the Wayback Machine. And joining us in the Wayback Machine, we've got Professor Patrick McDaniel and Sifu Goldie Mack. Hello, gentlemen. How are you? Hey, hey. how's it going, guys? All right. Hey. over here. How you guys doing? We're doing awesome. Thanks for joining us. Oh, my gosh. This is going to be so much fun. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, because you know I I remember when we were all talking last week. I was like, yeah, let's 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 talk a little bit about old school one of these days. Well, one of these days was like now, so because <laughs> I, <laughs> I thought it would be just so much fun, you know. And while I still had the wild hair up my butt about this great idea, <laughs> let's you know, let's do it. <laughs> so for for all the youngins out there, quote unquote. I'm still a youngin myself, so I'll just say younger than me, youngin. Um, you know, we, we tend to look at the old school t- 
training, not necessarily, you know, by decade, but by how we trained and how we approached training in the martial arts. Um, so why don't we start with Bob and work our way around and, and talk a little bit about how how we experienced martial arts back in the 60s or 70s or 80s or something like that. So why don't we start with Bob? Okay. Well, back in the day, now I started in a backyard school. No geese, no nothing, about five people. This was in the uh-huh. mid Well, okay, let's go a little further back. I started in 1974 under uh, Young Mm -hmm. Su. And like everybody else did, there weren't too many martial arts schools around. The only one I could find was a Taekwondo school here in town. So Mm -hmm. then we fast forward. I I started Jeet Kune Do and the training was, oh, my God, I remember my shin being so sore because I was banging with sticks. I was rolling them with rolling pins, and it wasn't done back then. Mm-hmm. And, it was, and it was pretty hardcore training. Right. After running every – I don't know how to describe it. It was so much different than it is now. I mean, right? I was just coming out of the no-pad era. That right. was just before me. I mean, like a year before. Yeah. That that was the training, just hardcore, rough, knock your ass out training. <laughs> right on. Let's go to let's go to Sifu Goldie. What was it What was it like when you were when you were a kid? Well, see, when, when I first started training, um, there was no jewelry, safety gloves, or whatever have you. Right. Most of the time when we did anything, we could, took some ace bandages and wrapped them around our hand and yeah. and, and taped up our taped up our toes and we went at it. Um mm-hmm. and it was all in fun. Um uh, the idea was uh, the rule was if there was no broken bones, there was no foul. Mm-hmm. And you know, if, if <laughs> <Okay>. you Right. <laughs> if you right. if you were right. If you left the school with no blood on your on your wrapped on your hands, then you didn't train. You were called yeah. a sissy. Yeah. Right, right. And and so, um the it also brought us closer and closer together as as a group. But more so than that, it let us know that if we got into a street altercation, we were already familiar with what pain was all about. Right. Right. And 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 at the same time, when we went to tournaments, our hands all wrapped. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, if uh, five points or whatever have you, you were lu- you were lucky to win a tournament with just one point, because we yeah. didn't want to rush in and get our heads knocked off. Yeah. So it was all about strategy, and that is mm-hmm. the difference between old school and today. There's no strategy now. It's just rush in and get a point and not realizing that the other guy is punching or kicking as well. Right. And that's stuff Definitely. It, it does. <laughs> what about you, Professor Patrick? Hey, this is, yeah, this is, this is interesting. See, because I, <laughs> I have, uh, I have like uh, an, a period of training that's, that's unofficial. Okay. And then mm-hmm. I have an official period of training. So 
I trained in the sixties. <laughs> I trained I trained in the sixties after watching Bruce Lee on Green Hornet. <laughs> oh, so, exactly. So that's my unofficial training because I've got no instructor. I'm just a guy that watches the Green Hornet and was impressed by Bruce Lee's movement. And it's one of those things where I thought I was supposed to be a martial artist anyway. After seeing him, I'm like, that's my thing, right? So (laughs) I'm coming up with all these exercises that I think martial artists do Mm -hmm. because I have no idea what the hell they did. But just from watching watching Bruce and and his his, uh, his action, and then um, uh, Bill Cosby was, was I Spy, and they did judo moves and kicks every now and then. You know, so now I'm hooked, right? Right. And so uh, I'm just training on my own in the 60s because I have this imagination of what I think martial artists do. And then when I actually started training in 73 under Sifu uh, George Jackson with the Kajikendo system, I mm-hmm. found out that my imagination was not far off, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Those guys taught me to do things that I had already been doing in the 60s because I thought that's the way martial artists train anyway. In fact, uh, uh-huh. my first week in class, I started later than the rest of the program, right? Uh-huh. And my first week in class, you know, George Jackson said, have you ever had any training before? And, you know, I said no because it wasn't, <laughs> wasn't official. So I said no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but he said, you need to be at the front of the line. You know, so now I'm at the front of the line because they think, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sharp or pretty or fundamentally skilled. But that's just my imagination. So mm-hmm. my imagination has been a part of my training all along. So if I feel like, uh, if I feel like we need to get tougher in one category or another, and if no one taught me an exercise, I'm going to create one, you know. Right. Uh, for for example, in uh, I grew up in, in Abilene, Texas, and I know Seafoam, you know, Goldie knows Abilene, <laughs> Texas. You know? Oh yeah. I I grew up in Abilene, Texas, and they've got the P the P and T uh, no T and P Railroad that runs straight through town, and it separates exactly. the north from the south. Okay, so I got one of my I, I took one of the kids from the neighborhood, and I started training him after after a while, and. I'm on the far east side of town. Mm-hmm. So we got at like 11 o'clock at night. We got on the railroad tracks, held our hands up like somebody was robbing us. <laughs> and we we jogged and tried to make sure that we hit each, what do you call it, cross tile? Each cross tile without breaking our ankles, all right? Oh, my gosh. Now, it's 11 o'clock at night, and this is what I think is, is you know, good training for martial artists, where our hands <laughs> held up like we're being robbed. Now, here's, here's, the, here's the skillful part. You know, when you're young, you, you're incomparable. You know, I right. don't dare do this now, but there's a bridge <laughs> coming up. There's a bridge oh. coming up. Oh. Now, the cross tiles on a bridge, if you miss the towel, you're going to slip through and bust your nuts, you know? Right. <laughs> But we, we successfully the visual. We successfully ran across that bridge. You know, that's just because we're young. You know what I mean? Like, right. here. It was freaking good training. I would not dare do that now. But anyway, we ran all the way 
to the east side of town, to the to the west side of town, from the east side of town. Man, that was a hike. We were worn out. Yep. We were tired. We walked all the way back. But that's just an idea of what I thought it took to just really develop yourself and be strong as a martial artist. We also mm-hmm. did the uh, the Converse tennis shoe thing. We What's that? bought these Converse tennis shoes. If you remember the old Converse tennis shoes, they're making yeah. them now, but I don't think they're quite the same. They're not no, like they're they not. were back in the 60s and 70s, right? So right. we've got these Converse tennis shoes, and we go down to the park, the Stevenson Park, and there's a creek that uh-huh. runs through the park called Cedar Creek. And we get in the creek and get the shoes wet so they're heavy, and we come mm-hmm. out and we start sparring with these Converse tennis shoes on. Mm-hmm. When you hit somebody's skin, or if you're trying to block <laughs> that tennis shoe, you've got a rubber band across your behind. Man, that's just... <laughs> it, I've got a student right now that every time I go back to visit uh, West Texas, he shows me the mark that I made in 1977. You know? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> he but that's just him. an idea. You know, that's just a, that's the idea. If you want, you know, the the hard training. Of course, we did the knuckle sparring. My first three tournaments in 75 were no pads, you know, because uh-huh. like, like um, Cecil Goldie said, you know, June Reed hadn't just quite hit the scene, you know, very strong yet, you know. And we're yeah. in West Texas. You know, whatever whatever was invented or whatever comes out, we got it, you know, years later. Yeah. <laughs> they, they had it in Dallas before, before we had an Abilene, you know, so. Right. Anyway, <laughs> we were a couple oh, years my... later than, than Cecil Goldie, so we didn't have any bad. You know, that's, that's <laughs> well, funny. You know, you know, something else that I, I, I noticed too, when I was coming up, there was no such thing as uh, a training in an air conditioned building. Most of the time, yeah. oh, no. No. We had, no. all, all we had was a big, uh, you know, one of those big industrial type fans. If that yeah. blowing air <laughs> yeah. in. And, hot and, air. And you, you, exactly. They, they were, we were open up the, the, uh, the, the chrome door. So that the air from outside will go through the fan and, and blow the hot air. All you would get was this monsoon of hot air coming in. <laughs> and we, we are going at it big time. And I mean, you can literally wring sweat out of your detox at the end of a training session. And we thought it was great. There was, you know, there was, it yeah. was great. You know, now, now you got these kids in AC, and, and if it's too hot, they go, it's too hot to train. Can you turn the AC on? Oh, on, you uh, know. You know. And, and, you and I see Fu Goldie. See Fu Goldie, yeah. and I might, I might add, they have, they have floor mats now. We didn't have floor yeah. mats. Get out of here. <laughs> What's that? We train, we train, on, that? We train <laughs> on a hard concrete floor. Right. Concrete. Don't you know it. That, right, that, right. That me and a couple of the guys, we had to get on our hands and paint that floor. You know, it right. so the only cushion you had was the paint that was on top of the concrete. That, that, the, yeah, the tile, <laughs> the tile on top of the concrete, and that's how we learned our knuckle push-ups was on concrete. We did our knuckle yep. push-ups on concrete, and you know, and we, you know, Seafo uh, uh, Goldie, we had a building. But Seafood Jackson wouldn't let us work out in the building. We were outside in Stevenson Park on a tennis court, a concrete tennis court. We're talking June, July, and August in Texas. What? Exactly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and the thing about it, especially when we had our, our, our summer camps, we were oh, end up yes. running two and three miles 
and it's 99 and a, or 100 and some degrees outside with the heat index. <laughs> and, right. and then at, at the end of it, you know, he'll say, anybody tired? And anybody that raised their hand that they were tired, they had to run another mile. Yeah. Everybody, <laughs> and, and everybody else learned to keep their mouth shut. And so then, <laughs> and while while they're out there running, we're we we have to go through all of our form. Then yes. we have to go through all of our self defense technique. And mm-hmm. then we would take a break. And that break would be no 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 more than to get drink a hot bottle of water. <laughs> right, a hot right. bottle of water. A hot bottle because, of water, right? <laughs> because we didn't have a cooler. We 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 just had one of those uh, troughs, you know. Uh, in Texas, we had some uh, uh, animal troughs that you uh, uh, feed animals uh, uh, water out of. So we just had bottles of water in that trough. Mm-hmm. Right. And that was no, that was about as cool as you're going to get. And you stuck your head in the trough to cool off a little bit. That right. was it. That was it. That was it. Man. Yeah, and it was and it was it was normal. We with our imaginations and with our expectations, there was nothing wrong with it. That's the way you train to be tough. You know, yeah, exactly. you, you didn't, you didn't you know any complain. better. If, yeah, you didn't if you're going to be tough, this is better. what we have to do. Yeah, so that's it. You know, because you know my shins would be tore up, and I'm 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 walking I'm walking to training on my way, walking down Stevenson Drive, heading into the park to go into training, and my shins are sore from the day before. So I've got a, a Fred Sanford kind of walk going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, you betcha. Until, until I see Sue Jackson, and when I see him, I put a little pep in my step. You know, I can't let him know. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> also, you stand up straight. You're looking good. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. You know, what's funny is that, you know, like you guys were saying earlier about how kids these days are like, can you turn the AC on and stuff like that? Because right. everything that you that you guys were talking about <clears throat> was what I had to go through as a kid. I was I was in the late seventies, so I started up you know a little bit later. But you know, karate was still very new in Seattle at the time. We had two kung fu schools. Right. That was it. And my dad didn't want to be driving down to Chinatown that time of the day because of traffic and stuff like that. So the community center right down the road literally up two blocks away had a, um, gave some sensei a grant to teach there. Right. They, okay. you know, that there's, you know, he, he had all his money to be able to buy geese and training equipment and what have you. Right. So the karate classes were free for pretty much a year, almost a year. So right. my mom signed my sister and I up. So we, we go there, fell in love with karate. I fell in love with like David Carradine's Kung Fu TV series anyway. And Bruce Lee movie. I wanted, yeah, Yeah. I wanted to do kung fu, but you know, like Bob, the only thing that I had was karate. So I go and I'm learning karate. Fell in love with it. And like you guys said, hardwood floors. So gee, we had to do the cleaning of the of the floor before and after. Um, Right. Knuckle push-ups on 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 the barewood floor, and the only protection we had, I don't even know if they make them anymore, was for shin for shin pads. We would wear soccer shin protectors. Yeah, and it yeah. was like that was about it. Was, yeah. yeah, that was about it. But you know, mm-hmm. it, they're hard. But oh well, who cares? You know, um, and that we had these things that went over our fists that were basically cloth, and you had like this really thin foam that would disintegrate yep. the first couple times that you would close your fist. You'd end up putting holes yeah. in it. Yeah, it would yep. disintegrate. Yeah. 
because it was like the same foam you'd have in your recliners, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? right. It would disintegrate. Right. You start sweating in there, and it would just melt all that foam away. <laughs> and once you, but you know, when I was a kid, it didn't matter that the foam wore away and there was no more foam. We right. would take that foam out right. and just put the cloth over our hands, and we thought we were protected, even if it was just yeah. a piece of cloth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We you convinced know, ourselves we were protected. <laughs> we weren't. The, the thing it is, just, it's, it's the same thing when, you, uh, when we start doing uh, self-defense techniques. Now, what we what we used to do in old days, remember the uh, um, the shin guard that uh, uh, catchers used to do in, in softball oh, and in yeah, baseball? Yeah. Right. The shin guard? Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. The, uh, if you were the attacker, you put those on, and this is before the chest protectors and all this stuff came out. What we did was we wore the same type of chest protector that the hind catcher would wear. Right. Uh-huh. And we would, put, we would put on the hind catcher's mask. And if we were lucky, mm-hmm. we would we would find a fencer's mask, you know, the little mesh, yeah, and, and put those on. So now you wrap your hands up, and when you get attacked, you can go quarter speed to full speed on the yeah, attacker. Hit, yeah, you can hit some catches that. And, and, yeah, and, and and all of those good stuff. You yeah, know? but yeah. nowadays it's like slap, slap, tap, tap, and he falls down. Right. Yeah. Right. You know, well, if, you you if, you could, if you couldn't move him with a kick or a punch or you didn't uh, do a stop hit to his shin and he stumbled forward, then you weren't doing anything. Right. Right. And I think that's that's I think that's what what you just said, Sifu, is, is lacking in a lot of tournament fighting today, especially with the, you know, with not necessarily the little kids, but the I guess the tweens and the teens. Um, mm-hmm. and the young adults is that you've got like up to like almost four inches of padding that right. extend beyond your fist. So number exactly. one, people are learning to, to are, le- are learning incorrect distancing in my opinion, mm-hmm. because now they're hitting exactly. with a pad instead of their fist. Okay. And everyone's got that weird sense of, you know, confidence because, Oh, look, I'm padded. So now let's just beat the crap out of each other. Right. Yeah. And, well, you know, I mean, yeah, you go to town and stuff like that. You know, I, I, I liked going to town and stuff, but these guys just don't know control either. Some people just exactly. don't know control anymore. And, and exactly. that's the most important part, because when, when you when you are popping somebody with just your hands wrapped up in ace bandages and he's wearing mm-hmm. that steel frame mask or he's, wearing, <laughs> yeah. or, or he's, he's, he's got on, uh, on this hard uh, uh, core um, uh, that's that designed to stop the impact of, of a baseball that's thrown at 60, 90 miles an hour. Okay. You don't you don't hit that as hard as you would like to. So when you end right. up blocking, your block better be right or you walk around with a, a, a arm that swole up the size of a leg. Right. And, <laughs> exactly. And, or you end up spraining fingers. And if, mm-hmm. if you remember when, when uh, a dude reads a, a gear first came out, it, it yeah. looked like yeah. a, a, a tube, and it had the one one cord in, at, at the top of it that you wrapped your fingers in, and that was the oh, yeah, grab. Yeah, yeah. All you can do was hit. That yeah. was it. Yeah. That was it. And that was it. Yeah. And, and yeah, wrap no, one around your big, around your big toe. <laughs> yeah. And you wrap one around right. your big toe. <laughs> yeah, and then, it, then yeah, exactly. if you're like 
stepped wrong, you, you, you'd like cut all the circulation off your toe. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I that, remember that's those. Right. Oh, my God. Don't get it up. I would end up with cuts under my toes. And toes. Yeah, yeah. And you, and you kick and it, and it peels back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That hurts. Just thinking about it. I remember that. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah and those little, those little things that you held on to on those, on those um, funky funky gloves or whatever, they kept breaking off. So you exactly. <laughs> you wouldn't have, like, the fist anymore. It'd just be flapping around in the wind. Every time those things would break. Every time those little yeah, things would break, right. we were using shoelaces to put it back together and use over glue on. Don't you know it? <laughs> Don't you know it? Yep, I remember that. I remember like, hey, you got a lighter, oh. you know, a lighter and a pen, and you heat the pen and you'd like bust through the, bust through the 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 foam and then shoelace shoelace through it. <laughs> it was like, I hated and, that gear. But, and you couldn't you couldn't afford gear back in those days. So what you do? Oh. As it got, I started getting torn up more and more. You start duct taping it. Yeah. That's what you do. And when you get smacked with a piece of duct tape, that hurts. It scratches and cuts. It scratches and it and it cuts. Oh my God! Yeah, definitely. My my parents refused to buy me a full set. They they just bought me the gloves. Right. I was I was still stuck with the soccer soccer shin pads, and I don't know how many toes I broke. You know, (laughs) I'd be walking all funny. What's wrong with you? Nothing. Because I was afraid that if I said I hurt myself in karate class, that they wouldn't let me come to class anymore, Uh right? What's wrong with you? Nothing. Exactly. (laughs) Why are you walking funny? Uh, I think I kicked too hard. My muscles ache. You know, I'd be lying. (laughs) (laughs) Just because I wanted to go back to karate. But yeah. but then I find out later right. that my dad wanted me to get that kind of training. So I'm like, okay, good. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And in those days, if you, if you remember too, in those days, especially when uh, when females were allowed to start training in the martial arts, but for a long time in the 60s, children and females were not allowed in a right. school. Period. Right. It was strictly right. yeah. for men. Now, right. You know. I, I, unfortunately, I did come up during that time when we were very sexist. I mean, women couldn't hack it. And kids, mm-hmm. yeah. we didn't want to be around a bunch of crime yeah, little, little kids. You know? Right. Ow, owie, I want my mommy. You better shut up. I'm not the teeth out of your mouth. And so <laughs> we, we didn't want to deal with that kind of nonsense. So in, in those days, when we, we finally let women start to come in, it was those women who had the mindset I wouldn't want to defend myself. They didn't come in there with manicured nails. Oh, no. No, no. Right. They wanted to do it then, yes. Oh, no. Yes. You know, yes. they came in there, and they were just as tough as anybody else. In fact, Mr. Parker used to say, you know, I do not train females. I train martial artists. And when you walk right. into this school, right. you are a martial artist, and you will be treated as a martial artist, not a female or not a, a particular gender. Right. Yeah. So, Amen. Uh, so our our uh, 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 female martial would take just as many hits as as the males. And if he as, if he thought you trying to be easy on a female, mm-hmm. then you have a whole lot of pain coming. Right. Because, he said, <laughs> because his, his philosophy was you're training her how to be a victim. You're not exactly. training her how to defend herself. 
Exactly. Yeah. And if she, can, yeah. if she can't take a hit, then how is she going to take a hit in the street? When exactly. she's got an abusive husband exactly. or an abusive boyfriend. And you exactly. know, what goes, along, what goes along with that, what also goes along with that is uh, the, the phrase of being politically correct didn't exist then. So exactly. I'm, I'm not trying to say that you, you know, some of the old school kinds of Kimbo dinosaurs, they would come in and, you know, whatever came out of their mouth came out of their mouth. They talk like sailors. But exactly. even, even just to say something now that hurts people's feelings like, uh, you didn't do that right, try it again. And that would hurt somebody's feelings now. But if it's not right. right, it's not right. It has to be said, it has to be said. Do that again. What was that? I don't know what that was. I didn't teach you that. I want you to show me right. again the way I taught you, you know? Yeah. Now you're making up stuff. What was that? You know, and, you know, stuff yeah. like that. They would just tell you. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> you, Simple Jackson would say, do you, do not, do not make me look bad. If you make me look bad, I'm coming back to you, you know. But you were allowed to say that. You were allowed to just say things and didn't have to worry about your feelings getting hurt. Now, man. If you say certain things, you have to be concerned about people's feelings getting hurt. Oh, know? I know. Or even, well, like, suing you for defamation or some, you know. That's wild. That's wild. And it's you so know? wild. And, you know, like, it when is. I started, it was around 19, it was around 1978. And it was when kids, around the time when kids, you know, were starting to be taught in the mainstream American market. Now, like, you know, children were being taught in China, like, for, you oh, know, course. forever right, right. anyway. Right. But, you know, in, you know, at least in Seattle or in America, period, you know, children <clears throat> were starting to get uh, taught in the late 1970s or mid-1970s or something like that. And so we right. were my sensei's first uh, younger kids' class, right? right? You, you were the prototype. <laughs> you were the yeah, we were the, we were the prototypes. <laughs> yeah, we were. <laughs> but he did not have a separate curriculum for kids like exactly. a lot of schools exactly. have now where they have a completely yeah. different curriculum for like this age group, this yeah. age group, this one. He didn't have a different curriculum. No. So we were taught as if we were grown ups. Martial artists. And you were just martial yeah. artists. Simple as that. We were just right. martial artists. And we mm-hmm. didn't know any better. You know, when I was when I was a kid I thought, hey, every karate person does this and you know, until I started researching other, you know, styles like Kung Fu and Kajikambo, which right. I later you know, decided to get into, I'm like, oh, wait, it's kind of different as far as you know, right. they don't call, you know, they don't call it this, they call it that. And, you know, right. um, it was just, that was normal for my sister and I. And, you know, as I came up and started teaching, um, I found myself going, why isn't what I'm teaching starting to sink in or work anymore? And it's because mm-hmm. the, the, the culture, I guess, started to change a little bit you know it started to go toward well why didn't johnny get his purple belt soft. you know why didn't why soft. didn't timmy yeah why didn't timmy get a, a trophy at the tournament and, da, 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 da. Yeah. and i'm like what really because he didn't win oh, yeah i was just <laughs> he like didn't win. Yeah. he didn't win so i'm going to pull my kid out of class and put him in a class where they'll promote him in a year and, yes, you know, yes, yes, and yes. so this, this this whole like entitlement, entitlement age thing um, that I when I began seeing it, it was like in the um, early 1980s after I got my black belt. I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. You're 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 bitching at me because little Timmy didn't get his orange belt for me. What do you right. really? You know, <laughs> you know how you know how I, 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 
I'm still a, a little, you know, you know that old country, what's the song? I'm a little country. I'm a little bit rock and roll. A little bit rock, rock and roll. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I'm, yeah. I'm the same way with my, with my teaching now. I'm, a, I'm still mm-hmm. a little, I'm a lot of, a little old school, but I'm a little new school at the same time. You have to be. Right. You have to be. You have to be. The, the, way, yeah. the way I was able to bridge those two gaps where I don't have to uh, deal with these parents about why didn't little Johnny get a yellow belt or orange belt or whatever have you. I eliminate that nonsense. First of all, I don't uh, uh, have any testing fees for, for, uh, mm-hmm. for my kids or for my belt. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't believe in them. If, if you're wearing a, a belt for me, you, you, mm-hmm. you did not buy it. You earned it. Well, mm-hmm. the way I ended up doing it was I made up, um, years ago, I made up these here questionnaires uh, that each, every three weeks my kids have to take these questionnaires to school to be evaluated by their teachers. They have to mm-hmm. take one home that's evaluated by their parents. And then they have to do their own personal evaluation on themselves. Now, if they get mm-hmm. more negative on those evaluations, they're not eligible to test. They have to wait till the next testing cycle to go through it again. Right. And mm-hmm. on top of that, I also hold the parents accountable. And, mm-hmm. and uh, the question that I ask for, uh, on the questionnaire for the parents is questions like, uh, have you attended a, a PTA meeting uh, in this last quarter? It, mm-hmm. Have you, uh, do you uh, know of your <laughs> uh, child's friends? And do you know their parents? And mm-hmm. I ask those type of questions. And if the parents answer no to three of those questions, their child cannot test. Oh. Wow. That's pretty cool. How, yeah. How cool is that? Yeah. You see, because I, you don't bring your child to me to act as, as a glorified babysitter. If Amen. We, the, way I look Amen. At, the way I look at it, <laughs> you know, the way I look at it, we are a team. Mm-hmm. And as a team, my job is to help instill the same values in your child that you're supposed to be instilled at home. And sometimes right. I may come up with an idea or a concept that you're not familiar with, but you like, and now you can incorporate that at home. Mm-hmm. So we work as a team. That old takes a whole village to raise a child. That's right. It's so true. Right. Right. But see, and here's the really thing that really – got me on this ball that got me also on my little soapbox on this is that we we hear so many parents and so many people complaining about our education system. Mm-hmm. Talking about they're not teaching our children this and they're not teaching our children that. Now part of that is true. But let's look at the man. From mm-hmm. the time a child is born until the time the child goes to kindergarten, how many hours how many years, how many months has that parent had that child? Mm-hmm. And you mean to tell me you have not taught your child how to read? You haven't taught your child how to count? Well, they're in nurseries and daycare because both parents are working now if it's a two-parent family. It is. It's true right? up. You're exactly right. You know what? Yep. I, I, I hear that argument, and, I, and, and mm-hmm. here's, here's my one phrase to that, one, that argument. Bullshit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because now, now you think about it. Uh, when I grew up here in Texas, and then my dad eventually 
hauled my behind up to Chicago, I, I, I grew up on, on a working little ranch. So I was out there picking the eggs from the chickens, taking care of the, of the fence and the, and the back 40, bringing the cows in and the whole nine yards, and still had time to go and, and, and trade and had to go to school. My mm-hmm. parents were, working, were both workers. Mm-hmm. Even though my mom at the time was a stay-at-home mom, she worked. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, this nonsense about stay-at-home moms don't work is, is, is a crock of crap. She's working. Agreed. Okay? So this nonsense, well, uh, we are, my wife works and I work, and why don't you have those babies? Yeah, yeah. Why don't you make the time? They're your kids. Yeah, <laughs> you know? because, because I look at it this way. I say, okay, how many hours are in a day? Everybody will agree, more or less, that there are 24 hours in a day. Right. All right, let's knock off eight hours for sleep if you need that many. Mm-hmm. So that leaves you with 16 hours. Let's mm-hmm. like knock off eight hours for work on average. Mm-hmm. That still leaves you with eight hours. Right. You know what those eight hours are? Bullshit hours. Mm-hmm. You mean to tell me you cannot sacrifice out of eight hours of bullshit to teach your child how to read, to teach your mm-hmm. child how to count? So That's I, right. I can't oh. It's just hard to imagine. You know, not, you know, I can see that in the 60s and 70s, but life is just not that standard anymore. It really isn't. You know, it's just not that mm-hmm. standard. You know, there's... There's nobody home with the kids anymore. You know why? Because the daycares are billion-dollar industries now. Nobody, yeah. The parents are not watching those kids anymore before kindergarten. They're just not. Right. You know, that's, that's real standard, you know, back in the 60s. Well, you know, before the, you know, all up to the 70s and getting into the 80s when, you know, this, uh, the whole job thing and every, everybody's got to work. And when the kids get 13 years old, now they have to work. <laughs> you know? Right. All kids are working now. It's, yeah, so it you is. Know, it's, it's, it's different. It is. It, it may be different for some, it but is. It, it also depends on how you look at it. Now, I'm, now I'm talking about my own personal experience. I was right. a single parent raising six kids, four boys and two girls. At the same mm-hmm. time, oh, man. We, man, we need to send you a trophy. <laughs> at, the same, <laughs> at, the, at the same time now, um, I was a police officer working 10-hour shifts. You need two children. Okay. Yeah. So, but I made every PTA meeting. There you I go. made a point to make it every PTA meeting because those were my children. They were my right. responsibility. Okay. Mm-hmm. I made sure also that when I went and worked for the department, I specially request to work the deep night shift. And the reason got you. for that. Got you. And the reason for yeah, that, I, I would be I would be at home to cook them uh, a breakfast and everything. And take them right. out to school. Mm-hmm. I would be at home when they came home for lunch. And by the time mm-hmm. it's time for me to go to work, they're in the bed. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. You have to take make those sacrifices if you're going to raise children. What happens now is parents don't want to make those sacrifices. They don't, they don't make the sacrifices. See, I agree with you 100. percent You know, and right. and you 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 said the magic word right there. They are not making the sacrifices, you know, but you're, you're, you're exactly right. But those parents are not with the kids because they're not making those sacrifices, you know. They're not. Well, the nature industries are, are really getting rich because watching everybody's well, kids until kindergarten. My, day, my daycare center, 
after I, I got off work and went uh, and went home, at the exact same time, I was going to college. I was doing wow. all of this. I was going. I was going to college working on my master's. I earned my two PhDs, and and people telling me, well, you know, I don't have the time. I work this. Look, <laughs> wow, I did man. all those things. You need a medal of honor, but President (laughs) Obama should have put a medal of honor around your neck. I'm serious, man. Uh, Kudos to you. I'm serious, man. Yeah, that's out of sight. When I hear parents and everything talk about, well, we don't have a time, and and we just this, that, and the other, I Mm -hmm. turn a deaf ear to it because I can't believe it because I did it. Yeah, of course, of Mm -hmm. course. You know, but you know what? The the thing that we have to learn, especially being a you know, mature adults, and if we if we say that we are some bit wise because we've lived to be as old as we are, we know that everyone wasn't raised like us, and everyone don't you know live the same lives we live. You know, because I, right. I look at parents the same way because a lot of them they don't so much bring kids to me to be the uh, the glorified babysitter, but they bring them to me to be the disciplinarian. Now there's yeah. my uh-huh. issue. You know, right. there's my issue, and then they're telling me these stories. At home, uh-oh, do you want me to tell Professor Pat? Why do you mm-hmm. mean these are your kids at home? <laughs> right, know? right. Oh, I get oh, that, yeah. too. So, I'm going to tell Sifu if you don't, if you talk back to me. It's like, yes. discipline your own kid. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. One of the things that used to get up under my skin all the time, especially when, uh, when I was a, a, a law enforcement, I used to walk to a store or whatever, and then I hear this, this mother or this father uh, 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 point at me, when their child was misbehaving, said, if you don't behave, I'll have that uh, police officer over there. Take that officer, yeah. I got oh, you. Yeah. I got and you. let me tell you, I would go off. I, I would just lose it. I would walk up to the parent. I said, look, if I ever hear you say that to that child again, because that is considered child abuse. Mm-hmm. If you ever do that again, you are teaching that child to, number one, distrust me. Exactly. And number two, and be afraid of me. So as he right. grows or she grows up, eventually, Either me or some other officer is going to end up killing your child because of the stupidity that you're putting in their head right now. Right. And then you're going to want to blame wow. us for the killing of your child. Right. And right. right. you say that again, in my ears, child, I will arrest you on the spot for child See abuse. there. See there. See there. I mean, cause mm-hmm. this, uh, you know, when you have the children, that's, that's your duty now. These are your children. These yes. are your children. You have that duty to help. And the students, and I'm sure we can all agree, I, I, I think we will all agree on this, the students that we have, you know, the success with as far as understanding discipline and obe- uh, the obedience and working hard is the, the families that we know, they take care of that stuff at home as well. And that's right. that teamship right there that he's talking about, that teamship. When you know that those parents are doing the same thing at home as far as disciplining those children, making sure they know work ethics, and, and how to become good at what you're doing, and they bring them to a dojo, those are the kids we have the most success with. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And, and, and exactly. Hey, hey, hey Rusty? Yeah? Yeah? I've got to put a shout-out to the Martial Arts History Museum and, and Sifu Michael Matsuda, which is also very old school, and Michael happens to be listening to the show right now, as hey. well as one of our past guest co-hosts, Michelle Manu, who is on the line. She has not pressed one yet to... Intervene in the conversation, but I want to say thank you for listening to you both. <laughs> Yay! 
Yay. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit <clears throat> about, um, uh, I, I kind of, I kind of talked about it very briefly uh, a little bit ago. Let's talk about curriculum. I mentioned a little bit about how, like, when I was a kid and we, when we were younger, that there wasn't, like, separate curriculum right. for age right. groups. You were just well, no, taught. Right. It was either you learned it or you, it was either you learned it you got, and you got to learn something else or it just took you longer to learn it. There was no, exactly. like, you know, mighty mites or tiny dragons or whatever, right? Um, right. So, yeah. So right. what what are your guys' thoughts on on curriculum? Should in this case children should children um be taught in phases kind of like how we're doing now? That's what I do with my kids now is I actually teach them in phases um so they don't get like all uh like overloaded and so that way they don't wait like a right. whole year right. before their first belt. <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Okay. Yeah. Or should should it be kept you know, the way it was, the way it was, was you either learn it or you take longer to learn it. No, well, it, uh, the one of the things that I do is, is that I'm, I'm a firm believer that everything has to be age appropriate. So remember, yes. um, for those of us Definitely. that are old enough, remember, remember uh, our grandparents taught us things uh, um, and values that was age appropriate for exactly. our age at that time. And what, Children learn from games more than they do you yelling and screaming at them about doing this and doing that. Right. And, and in these games, there is a lesson. Let's take it, for example, like red light, green light. Mm-hmm. Now, what yeah. does that game, red light, green light, teach it? It teaches you yeah. how to listen. Listen. It teaches you how to respond. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, it, and, it, and it teaches you how to do things in an appropriate manner. So right. what I did was I took that game, Red Light, Green Light, and I say, okay, I'll stand there with my back to him, and I say, now, the only way you can get to me is you got to do a step-through punch to get to me. Mm-hmm. And so I would say, Green Light. And then I would turn Red Light, and if I see anybody in movement, then they have to sit down. But they ah. were at the exact same time. Ah, I like that. The other I like thing that. is, what about musical chairs? Remember how we used to play musical chairs in school? Right. Yeah, we still do yeah. that. And so I would set out the chairs for musical chairs, and they had to walk around the chairs either doing punches or kicks or whatever, or blocks or whatever. And then I'd take the music off, and everybody had to scramble for their seats. Yeah. And right. they are, again, they're having a game. And at the exact same time, they're learning the skills that they're supposed to, uh, to learn, but they're having mm-hmm. fun. Mm-hmm. I like that. I so like that. Why have nice. we started to do that? Now what we're doing, what I'm saying is, they, it's more, um, I'm watching certain, certain kids' classes at certain places, and it's more like a daycare center where they just sit there and they do nothing but whatever. Right, right. No, I that too, and that's kind of what I that's kind of what I do at my classes. The same as you, Sifu Mac, is I'll take the skills that they need to learn, and I'll modify games or of make course, up games, whatever, right? Because yeah, you, you know, they're not just fun, but they're still learning the skills, um, exactly. as opposed to just running around right. all day, right? You know. Uh, but I've seen classes like that where, you know, it's 
It's it just is a, a glorified it is a daycare. daycare. Yeah, <laughs> it is. it's a daycare. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. and, and then if but, you're late, yeah. nowadays, if you're late picking up your kid, they'll charge you like five bucks, you know, every 15 minutes or like, something like, like that. A, like so, a daycare. Just like a daycare. Like a daycare. It, exactly. It, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh, my goodness. I am not a daycare center. And, and I right. refuse to be a daycare center. And, I refuse and the, to be like, a daycare if, center. If the, parent is, if the parent is late picking up their child, so what? So be it. It just right. gives me more time to work with that child. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. They just have more time to go over techniques. That's exactly right. I tell them all the time because parents are coming in there and they're they're very apologetic. I'm sorry, but I ran down. Don't worry about it. We just had extra time to work on things. Don't worry about exactly. it. <laughs> you know, yeah, they're safe. Hey. They're good. You know where they are. Yeah, <laughs> and, good. And, and do you know? And do you know when you know for a fact that what you're doing? Is working is yeah. when 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 the kids don't want to go home. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and you say, okay, the class the class is over with. You buy them out and they go. Already? Can we stay a, a, a few more minutes? Can we do a little bit more of this? Can we do a little bit more of that? That's and and see and see who When you when you get the calls from the parents that that say uh. uh uh, my child's class is not today, but they're wondering if they can come in and work out anyway. Exactly. <laughs> I like that. Oh, those <laughs> are cool calls, yes. Yeah, cool calls. I like those calls. <laughs> you know, I, in fact, I, I had this one. I had this one family that uh, uh, they were supposed to uh, go out of town to California, and 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 their child said, "I don't want to go. I want to stay here for class. I don't want to miss right. class." Right. Right. In fact, uh, right. uh, um, Rusty, you remember when I came up to Seattle? I had a couple of phone calls that came in. It was a couple of kids asking me, "Well, uh, why aren't we going to have class?" Even though they knew that I was going to be gone, that we were right, right. right. When are you going to be back <laughs> in class? You know, right. That's when you yeah, know that was a good call. On the right thing. So the, the very class good call has to be age appropriate. I agree with that, but we need to be teaching the skills that are also going with whatever uh, requirement that we're having. We can't just exactly. sit there and give them, you know, nothing to do. Like with, right. like with my two-year-olds, I don't worry about uh, a perfect skill. I'm looking at gross motor skills. That's mm-hmm. all I care about because they're awkward and they're clumsy. So right. what I do is I'll sit them down. And remember I used to play um, uh, jacks, roughly? Yeah. <laughs> And go one mm-hmm. two G, three G. Well, right. I'm teaching them the motor skill on how to toss the ball up, let it bounce, get that one jack, and catch the ball at the exact same time. Check that out. Check that out. I like that too. You see what I'm saying? These are skills like that are going to benefit them when they move from my little black class to uh-huh. the mental class, and then I give them more stuff to do that is also age appropriate, but at the same time, a learning skill. Right. So by the time they get into the kid kids class, they already know how to do the dances. They already know how to do the punch, and they're having fun at the same time. So the, the yeah. learning curve is and the muscles quicker. have developed order. Yeah, yeah, I like that. You see, and so mm-hmm. and, and then also, and for example, I give them. Uh, I have all uh, my kids do push-ups, but. I don't have my kids do knuckle push-ups anymore. I don't believe in knuckle push-ups because the only the days of the knuckle push-ups is so that your knuckles you get calcium.
ballistic missile that you can punch through bamboo, bamboo armor of your opponent. Nobody wears bamboo in the freaking mall. Okay? So knuckle push-ups are outdated, as far as I'm concerned. But I have I, I still use them. <laughs> and and when I, I tell them, I said, look at this push-up. Now stand up and put your hands in the same position as you would have been when you were laying down. That is a heel palm strike. So when you're doing push-ups, you're actually practicing heel palm strike. And it makes it easier for them to understand and comprehend. Good stuff. And that's all we have to do. Is Rusty or is he still there? Yeah. Are we, we is, is Rusty still there? Rusty. Rusty. Rusty is still there? I, I, oh, there you are. Uh-oh. I don't hear anyone. Where is I she? don't hear her. I I. I thought I, I heard her. her. Come on, Rusty. Uh, Push some buttons. <laughs> Come back. She says her internet keeps cutting Come out. Back, now, Cecil Gold, I want to ask <laughs> you a question. Because Rusty had this issue at, when she was teaching at a community center. One of the parents showed up lit. I mean, drunk as hell. Oh, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, this was bad. To pick up their child and drive I can hear you them now. now. I can hear you now. There you are. Okay, we, we got you. Now, we got you're, you. You're a police officer. How would you have handled something like that? And have, have you had to handle something like that in the past? Um, uh, two things. One, I've never handled that because, of course, the parents know how I am. <laughs> That's, so exactly. they, won't, good. they wouldn't even take a chance on that. But right. uh, I've heard other instructors have that problem. And I, I mm-hmm. don't around for that. I tell them, you have the responsibility for that child. That child is under your care from the time the parent drops them off until you release them. Now, mm-hmm. if you release that child to a drunk parent and that child is killed in a car accident, accident, you are just mm-hmm. as culpable as that parent. So you knew so that. It's just like a bartender that serves an, yeah, uh, a drunk, yeah. another person. like a bartender, got you. For the whole right. party. If that had happened to me, I would say, number one, look, I'm not releasing your child to you, Bubba. Can we call your wife? Is she at home? Right. And if they're not at home, then I personally will take that child home to make sure they got home safely. But I'm not going to release that child to some drunk. I'm sorry. It's not going to happen. And if you want to take your kid out of my class because of that, that's fine. Knock yourself out. Right. Yeah, and but that I, should be I message enough to that parent. And if they give me any lip, I'll just say, fine. And I'll have someone call the local police uh, department and have the best record for public intoxication. Mm-hmm, right. Right. And still save that child. My exactly. first responsibility is to my student, not to the parent. Exactly. Exactly. Right. Like that. Now, I was very interested. I I know you do this, uh, Goldie, and because we've gotten somebody else on the other line that that also does this. They're into realist realistic training. You said something about you may have your your women students coming in dress, high heels, whatever for realistic right. training. Exactly. And we've got somebody on the line that teaches self defense to women that actually uses things like zip ties and real for right. realism. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. 
yes. can you tell us a little bit more? I'm waiting for her to press one to intervene, but could you tell us a little bit more about the realism training you do with your students, whether male, female, whoever, unless you're going to tell me that you ask your men to dress up in a dress, then that's a show for Jerry Springer. So go ahead. <laughs> no. Okay, for example, when I'm um, – when my uh, uh, females are dressed up in their high heels, I think a lot of times you're going to be awkward in those heels. So your kicks are going to be low. They're going to be anywhere from the shin to the kneecap. But then let's take, uh, and if they start, if you start feeling bad, take those bad boys off. Thank you. Use them like a Those are uh, mm-hmm. I mean, put that dog on spike into their head. Put it, hook right. them in the groin and pull. You know? Use it. If you're going to do an inside block, use that spike as a striking surface. Well, I'd like and to bring her on because I guess she's, she decided, let's get Bob off my back, and she pressed one. So I'm going to bring on, and I don't know if you know her. I've, I know most of us know her. She's a really dear friend of mine. I'm going to bring on Michelle Manu. Good, have, good evening, Michelle. <laughs> hey, good Michelle. evening. Hey! Yeah, you how you been? <laughs> uh, I've been doing good. Good. I'm, I'm still waiting for us to start shooting ultimate, uh, ultimate throwdown, but that's okay. Yeah, me too. I know Rob's been writing. It's I good know. to hear you, Max. I, good to hear you. I, I talk, yeah, same to you. What are you questions? Well, you know, Bob, I had obviously I had to press one. You always got to call me out, so I had pressed one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, it's interesting because even I think it's just a guy's perspective, you know, just just take your shoes off and use it as a spike. But I think what women uh, even need to handle is drill it down a little more. And, you know, whatever we hold, whether it's a short bow or a knife or a pen or, you know, a belt or our shoe, we have to make sure that our grip is strong enough so that Mm -hmm. it doesn't get taken from us and used on us. So it's building those essential skills that first, you know, building the hands. Women didn't play group sports, you know, technically. They're not used to a lot of bumping into one another and then intentional contact. So there's a whole beginning of the class where they have to get used to touching each other, um, you know, without the blinking and the holding of the breath. So, I mean, it's really down to, uh, you know, childlike ways. Um, and getting women comfortable. And even then they're terrified, even in a closed door locked, only women situation where they're there to learn. So I do, you know, we don't necessarily wear heels because a lot of women don't wear heels anymore. Flats happen to be in right now, although I do mm-hmm. wear my heels. Um, but yeah, no, we use, you know, there's been a lot of deaths by hammer lately. There was one just last week. Um, how terrifying, you know, would that be? Um, so we use a lot of realistic things that people have in their cars and that we have on right, ourselves, we right. have in our office, um, you know, and, that, and that's really what I try to focus on. And that will evolve as, I hate to say it, you know, these gruesome murders evolve. I'll be, yeah. I, I can't, and you know, one thing I do have to say is I see this coming soon is, you know, that new drug on the market, the pink, what do they call it? The pink drug. It's supposed to be 25% or 25 times stronger than heroin. What I think we're going to start seeing now is basically that's how homicides are going to happen. They're going to make someone take the pill and it completely kills them. It's an OD, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, there's no evidence. 
So I think as we move into this technological age where there's all these different narcotics, I think that's actually going to be something we're going to have to worry about. Mm -hmm. Well, see, the the, the thing that I look at, Michelle, is is a number of things. Our society has uh, dumbed down not only our education system, but it has also dumbed down uh, our young ladies. If if you recall, uh, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm from the old school. I'm from, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm from the day where um, where girls, every girl that grew up in my neighborhood, used to wrestle with their brothers and used to wrestle with all That's the guys right. in the neighborhood. So and that was me too. Football, yeah. right. they were they were used to they were used to being grabbed by male and mm-hmm. having to right. jack them up. But nowadays, uh, you got you got these young ladies that are so frou frou. And so and that they they have been educated to be a victim. Absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, they have fancy Nancy parties in elementary school. They call them fancy Nancy parties. They do that in elementary school. (laughs) What is that? So they dress up they dress up like dolls, you know, because fancy Nancy. Fancy Nancy they they do that in elementary. They sure do. Oh my god. Back in the day, if if uh, uh, if a young girl uh, uh, was uh, was acting like tough and everything, they were called a tomboy, and it, that was a exactly. badge of honor. Right. right. Today, yeah. when women are called a dyke or or or, or, or nasty yeah. name right. like that, that's right. You know, that's right. They go they go overboard to be more and more feminine. Mm-hmm. And 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 right. here's, the, here's the thing that I tell here's the thing that I tell all my uh, 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 when I do my uh, street self defense street survival classes with females. I said, let me ask you a question, ladies. I said, if you don't learn how to defend yourself, let's go back to the 1800s, because I wish I could just snap my fingers and knock us back to the 1800s. Because the closest law enforcement may may have been 50 miles from your ranch or from your farm. Right, Which right. is a two-day mm-hmm. horse ride. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so where, where, where was the husband? The husband was either on a cattle drive for six months or he was out in the back 40, which was about eight to ten miles from the house. So if mm-hmm. the Indians attacked you, who fought off the Indians? The mother. Who fought sure off the The mother. They who sure fought did. off the wild animals? The mother. If sure the old man got hurt, who nursed his nutlid butt back to health? The mother. Right. And still has to fight off all those elements. That's a good okay. point, because that's so, exactly right. That's so exactly right. When I, hear, when I hear this nonsense that women are the weaker sex, I tell them immediately that that was a lie created by men, not by that's a woman. Exactly. You're exactly right. <laughs> right. right. And, and, and because when I think back to the days of my dad, May he rest in peace. He's gone now, but he knows I talk about him all the time. I'd see my dad, I'd see my dad work in the garage on something and hit his thumb with a hammer and come unglued. <laughs> Yelling and screaming like a little wolf yeah. all over the place. And then my mom hears him crying out there in the garage, and she's cooking a pair of the meal in the kitchen. And because she's distracted, she cuts her thumb to the bone. And all she oh, says is, oh, my, all she goes, ooh, and she wraps it up in a piece of yep. cloth and goes out there and supports my dad, brings his whimpering butt into the kitchen, soothes him while she's And continues cooking. And continues right. to cook. Yep. Now, we, 
we got women today that if they get a splinter, it is an <laughs> emergency that has to be operated on by a specialist. <laughs> I wouldn't be laughing if it wasn't true with some women. I know, right? Right? Okay. So, and, and yeah, that's true I, with some men, too, though. Come on. I know oh, guys. Well, they get a little yeah, snippled. Right, like, right? I'm so sick. Exactly. Oh, my God. I'm so sick. I got to go to the doctor. It's like, you got to sniffle. You got to pick yourself up. Right. Have, a, have a flat tire and have to call AAA with a flat tire. Yeah, you know what? thank you. Yeah, yeah, come on. You know what? Yeah, that blows my mind when have men changed. have to call AAA yeah. for a flat tire. I'm yeah, sorry. Both, you know, both sexes have changed. They're both wearing skinny jeans, if I might point yes, out. Okay, yes, I'm sorry. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. Hey, you know what's, what's really dangerous is from behind, you can't tell which is a male or which is a female. Yeah, I know, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Amber, and Fitch. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Let's let's blame them too. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> oh my gosh, that's that's hilarious. Oh my but gosh. Also, oh. on the same point, though, I mean, you can't discount someone that looks feminine because I'll use that to my fullest benefit. You think uh-huh. I can't handle myself? Oh, you're you're going down, and, and right. you won't even know what happened. Of course. So, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. But, let me that's tell you right. something. You know, women. I'm a, uh, and I, I, I try to get uh, uh, women to understand something. <laughs> of, what you got to say? Out of all the species on this planet, the most vicious of that species is the female of that species. <laughs> Are you talking about black widow, like insects? Yeah, that's no, right. I get it. Let's, let's look at uh, it. When, when, the, when the female predator Yes. Finish uh, uh, making love to the male. She kills him and eats him. So does the black widow spider. Who does? This makes everything easier, lion, right? right? <laughs> the lion. So where did where did we get the nonsense that women are the weaker sex? The men well, like I you think it has a lot to do with like men. the men. It's the Barbie aspect. You know, once Barbie was introduced, we've had like, oh, American right. men. Everybody wanted to Barbie. You know, that, that's it learning about sexuality Barbie. through porn and through pornography. It's like they became some, I don't know, some Barbie doll that you dress up and you put away in their box at the end of the night. But, I mean, as you said, <laughs> Mac, you know, women are pretty nuts. When they when it's on, it's on. And they don't forget. They don't forget. They don't forget. Hell yeah. <laughs> And see, and I, I, I tell, and I tell, I warn my male students the same thing. I say, look, guys, you know what? You know what the hard, you know what the hardest thing in the entire universe to do, and that is to hit a woman for the first time. And the reason why that's so difficult to do is because you have no clue on how she's going to respond. <laughs> yeah, okay? I love it. Now, now you, it, it, but if if you hit her and she doesn't do anything. She just gave you carte blanche to do it again. That's why so many men do it over and over and over again. Right. The the moment you do it, you don't know if she's going to stab you. You don't know if she's (laughs) going to poison you when you go to have dinner. You don't know if she's going to if she's going to throw your butt up in the sheet and beat you half to death with a baseball bat. Uh, I'm going to wait till you go to sleep and set the bed on fire. Yeah, like fifteen years later. Right, yeah, yeah. 15 yeah. years later, yeah. <laughs> because women don't forget. 
Look, 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 at, look at what happened to Bobbitt. Yeah. Right? No kidding. Yep. yep. Bobbit's got no more Bobbits. Bobbits. No. But how do you know? I want to know. I just I managed to get back online because because my internet was tripping out. How the heck did we get on this subject? Bob started it. Bob started it with a drone here. Mother is no more than a female that has had children. 
A bitch is no more than a female dog that has had a litter of puppies. Okay? Okay. Go on and on with these words. So when, when you, I, just, I deal with my teenagers with what is called word association, verbal judo. Mm-hmm. So somebody says to you that you mother, I tell them, are you? Mm-hmm. Well, no. I said, so why does that upset you? Why do you get angry when somebody calls you a mother and you are not a mother? Mm-hmm. And children, I get it. And, and we adults, and we adults are the ones that are the corporate to all this because we have a, a taken certain words like the bitch word and all this <clears> stuff <throat> and made it into curse word and, and make it seem like it is a something to get upset about when it is good enough. Well, right. I get your point because that's logical, but there's a, a, a derogatory, uh, you know, uh, way that people do say it. So their emotions, yeah. And so I mean, like me, yeah. someone, you know, was telling me a story last week that someone, oh my God, someone called so and so. See you next Tuesday. And I was like, so. And they're like, oh my right. God, but it's the C word. And I'm like, who cares? Okay. So what? Right. Yeah. And, and then it depends on and then it depends on who's saying it because you've got you've got a, a group of women who are friends. That call each other those names all the time, but if someone oh, outside you the got circle it. says it, yeah, you know, so. But even, but even so, if we agree <clears throat> that concept, the fact of the matter is, a word has a specific definition according to Webster's <clears throat> dictionary, and to mm-hmm. take it out of that right. context does not change that word. Just because somebody is idiot is an idiot and doesn't know how to use the word correctly in a sentence doesn't mean that you got to give justification to it. Oh, I use that word 50 times a day, but I have more. <laughs> you're an idiot, you know? I mean, but I hear what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear what you're saying, you, too. It's just, but Rick, yeah, it's if just you're walking a, down the street, if you're walking down the street and I say, hey, Bill, would you turn around? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even listening because my name ain't Bill. <laughs> <laughs> you hey, you know what? We have five minutes left to our. We have five minutes left. To... Yeah, that's addressing yeah. somebody else. You know, I know, right? Derogatory no, name. I'm not going to listen because my name ain't Bill. Somebody's looking but for Bill. We have five minutes to our to our broadcast, and I really want to take this last caller. We have a. Area code area code eight one eight last four digits one one zero nine. You're on Dynamic Dojo. Who's this? You guys are having way too much fun there. We are leaving me out. Michelle, what are you guys doing? Hey, I let you know the Auto Club always changes my tire. I've got about a couple of minutes in between an event. The events we're having a James Ebrow day. They're having a big oh, dinner right. back there right now, and oh, I'm running right. the bus while they're eating. <laughs> they didn't even bring me food. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Conversation you guys had. Oh. <laughs> well, we were talking about old school training. Since you have a couple of minutes. I know minutes, it's can, great. Yeah. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit in the in, in the next couple minutes? <laughs> oh yeah, what you, you know. Oh, old school. I loved it. 1960s. Judo. Yeah. They tortured yeah. us. My God. There you go. 
You know, they whacked us, they beat us. Uh-huh. I cried. <laughs> I, was, I was like seven, eight years old. They threw me uh-huh. You know, they didn't even accept young kids then, but they accepted me in the community center. Exactly. But they treated us so bad. And then we had to put up the mats. They're strong uh-huh. mats. No mats like today. You know, right. and they just whacked us galore. One day I'm going to find those guys that whack me. Because <laughs> they're 90 now. They're yeah, don't forget they're 90, it. So yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, boy, they just treat us so badly. I cannot tell you. I, I'm still reliving the, the whacks they did with a, with a stick and all that, you know, the kendo stick. They'd whack us and hit oh, us. Yeah. You guys oh, remember that? I mean, they were just brutal to us. Oh. <laughs> yeah. In a way, I kind of miss that kind of hard training. <laughs> yeah, I know. In a way. You know what I miss? The kung, when we did Kung Fu, it was on cement. Yeah. And we sweat so much, we'd slip and slide. But, you know, right. I miss yeah. that old cement training. I really do. Oh, I, you know, my sensei used to make us go out in the basketball courts outside of the community center in the summer. So your feet are burning, right? So if you didn't just do your kata quickly, you'd burn your feet. But then if you didn't yeah. burn your feet, you would cut them. And it's like, what's, what's up with that? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. And also, like, we, 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 when we were training, we, we were training outside. Some days we would go, we would go out to the lake and train. Some days uh, we would go out to the park and train. And because we were on uneven surfaces, it taught you how to make sure you kept contact with the ground at all times. But you never know where a pothole is going to be when you twist your ankle. Mm-hmm. And, and these are the kind of things. That, that we have gotten away from because everything is so pristine now. Yeah, it's cush. Yeah, you so know, I remember. on safety. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I remember the right. Kung Fu movie boom when Bruce Lee came out and uh, the schools got flooded. It was around 1972. And uh, we had to go in the parking lot to practice because there were just so many people wanting to learn martial arts. <laughs> Right. But, uh, it was right. brutal, but right. we loved it. You know, it was so cool. That's so cool. Right on. Well, we are unfortunately out of time. Um, you know, I want to do this subject again because I kind of like the the sitting around the coffee table kind of feel to this kind of uh, discussion about <laughs> um, old school. And I'd like to hear more from Michael the next time he has time, that kind of thing. Yeah. So, and, yeah, but I want Good to hear to from you guys, Michelle. Yeah, <laughs> Michael. I want to mm. I want to remind all of our listeners that next week is our fourth anniversary show, so please Yay. call in and join the fun. It's going to be just like this. Michelle's going to be joining us. Uh, hopefully, we yep. can get Kathy Long joining us, uh, Lady Lilane Reed joining us. It'll be awesome, and we're going to reminisce a little bit about the past year and previous years. So don't miss out on it, everyone. So until next time.